Episode 17, Pornography Exposed, Part 2. In this show, John and Lindsay continue the conversation on pornography and its effects on marriage, how they have dealt with some of it, and how they have moved past it. Also, no knees or elbows? In the upcoming episodes, we'll be talking about marriage and pornography. If you have any questions, things you want to hear us talk about, or success stories, you can send those to confessionsofuspodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is John. This is Lindsay. And this is Confessions of Us. Hello. Hi. (laughs) I never know what to say at the very beginning. I know. It's a little... It's like... Do we just say what we always say? Hello. Hello, dear podcast world. <laughs> you should always do a different accent every time we start an episode. Yeah, I always, okay. The funny thing with accents is they just come to me. It's not like oh. something I can replicate. Like that weird Boston-ish Wisconsin accent I do. Uh, it's like, I would be very interested to listen to someone either from Boston or Wisconsin. Do you think I'm close at all? No, I think it definitely sounds like a Boston accent. Oh, okay. Do it. Say something. I can't. It Talk just comes to me. Oh, my gosh. So a long time ago, I don't even know if we were engaged at this point. Or ma- maybe we were married. I can't remember. But you did that, like, almighty bubble bather. Oh, gosh. Can you do that? Do that right now. That one's good. I'm not doing that right now. Come on. Okay. So it came about, this may be TMI, I don't know, because we were on our honeymoon. No. Was that when you yes. first said it? Oh. Yes. Mm. And we were taking a bath. <laughs> and you're obsessed with baths. You love them. Oh, so you're going to just tell our well, listeners. Yeah, you are. But you're not, you're not obsessed with baths? No, I love okay, baths. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, on, and on the side note, we don't always take baths together. Okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was one of the rarities. Anyways. <laughs> It's just it's just a loud, like obnoxious accent. I don't know. There's not really an actual accent. It's more about the phrase, the yeah. almighty bubble bather. <laughs> but he says it in a very like the um, a deep voice. It's really funny. Have I said it to the girls yet? I don't think uh, so. Yes, you said it to Siobhan. Oh. It's great. I don't know why I think it's so funny. Uh, Maybe in the moment it was so funny. Yeah. After that, I don't know. Because well, she thinks everything is funny. So yeah. she just gets pumped on life. He's say. talking about Siobhan, not me. <laughs> you too. You get pumped on life too. When I'm like, the almighty bubble batha. Yeah. So anyways, that's uh, the ridiculousness mm-hmm. of me. Yay. All right. It's Let's my birthday. It. It's your birth- it was your birthday. Technically, it was yesterday. Yes. On Pioneer Day slash Pioneer, Pioneer Day. Day. Yes. And so in Utah, everybody's not a Utahan. Uh, Ut- Utah, we celebrate basically when Utah was kind of like founded in, an, in a sense, I think, uh, on the 24th of July. So it's the second day we get off in July, and it happens to be my birthday. And so, it's you're allowed to do fireworks. So yeah, Utah, we do we, we do fireworks. You know, twice in July. You know, so all the fireworks people it. love us. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I, it's obviously not as big. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think they do as many big shows and that kind of stuff. But people still light off a bunch of fireworks and yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, the big three five, the big three five. Yeah, I feel like once you hit thirty, it's really just about every five years after that. Like 30, 35, oh, oh, 40, like, you know? So yeah. I just feel like your life is beginning. I told you this. Though. You, you did like, say that. You know, you have two babies. You have a wife. You have two babies. We're doing this podcast. You still have your full time job. <laughs> I'm still employed. So, <laughs> yeah, life co- is just COVID. beginning when you're still employed. Co- COVID, didn't, COVID, COVID didn't affect your job. So 
Yeah, very little. Mm-hmm. It's been a blessing in disguise, yeah, I think, for, for the sure. real estate market here in Utah. So, because everybody's leaving other places and coming here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's been good. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good birthday. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just weird because you you always ask me every year. It's around Christmas, my birthday. Like, what do you want? Like, was it? What else? What else am I supposed to yeah. ask you? And I never know. I never know. She's like, "What do you want on your birthday?" I'm like, "I don't know." So, uh, yesterday was pretty chill. Like, I had coffee with a friend. My mom took me to lunch, which was great. Um, we hung out for a little bit, and then you and I went on a good date. So, um, well, I just gotta say, yeah. I got real crazy with him. You did get real crazy. I so I really wanted to have family time. Sure. He has this day off. It's his birthday. I, when you have kids, usually you just want to like do something together as a family. We didn't get the chance to do that yesterday. And I just, I was out and about. She's very Running an errand. And I came home. His mom was still here. I came home in hot. She did. And I just. My poor mom. <laughs> I, yeah. Seriously. I, like she got up maybe like f- less than five minutes after I came She's in. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Time to yeah, go. This is not, I don't want to be here for this. And so I just, <laughs> yeah, had a little funny. bit of a meltdown down, but I, I feel like I communicated really good. You did communicate, which I'm proud of you. Yeah. You know, I try not to be mean. I try to like organize my thoughts yeah, and you weren't I, mean. But I feel like that's fair. Do you feel like I've gotten better with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, before I used to have to drag stuff out of you, you know, and as hard as it is to always deal with those things in the moment, mm-hmm. it's better to do that. Yeah. You know, um, it's hard. Those those moments are hard because if you have one person that's thought about the topic mm. and the other person that hasn't, like, for example, yesterday, you were thinking about it, right? And then it came out and I'm like, well, what the hell? And <laughs> I had not had time to think about it. So my emotions <laughs> are still very raw and all the other good stuff. But worked it out. We had a wonderful date. Um, so... We should do an episode about being a first-time gun owner. Ooh, that's a good one. See? The reason why. It's because we are first-time gun owners. No. That, <laughs> oh. but we went shooting yesterday. Oh, yeah, for... we went shooting yesterday. And I think it's it's just an interesting topic, mm. especially, like, in general in the last 10 years. Um, and then especially around all this other crazy stuff. People, gun ownership has gone up by, like, 200% or something yeah. crazy. So yeah. um, just what our our journey has been with that. So I don't know. Maybe we'll do it. Agreed. So this episode, we are going to continue the pornography talk. We're going to dub this part two of Pornography Exposed. Um, And next week, we'll do part three, Mm -hmm. uh, where we share all the advice. We just didn't feel like we were quite done with this topic. Yeah. Like just kind of sharing like our journey with it. So, and it um, hit an hour. So we just wanted to. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's. It's just a big topic, you know, and you're not going to be able to life changes. Something happens, you know, and it's still a very much uh, ongoing uh, battle for me. So, mm-hmm. so the specific area we're going to focus on today is marriage after, 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 after pornography, after pornography. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's technically where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's the whole idea about in this episode is we're going to focus on that as best yeah. we can, mm-hmm. not ramble too much. So, and hopefully we'll be less than an hour. I know. We'll find out. <laughs> respect your time. <laughs> yeah. Respect your time. So, um, start us off. What is your first thought? You're going, you're going to come in hot. I'm going to come in hot. With this question? Okay. Or yeah. do you have something you want to start off other first? No, I think just kind of commenting on the fact that like. We necess- we aren't walking through a season of we're currently 
like dealing with pornography and how it's like currently affecting our marriage. Mm. We are walking through the, the, like you, were we even engaged when you told me? I think we were dating. Yeah, I think we were just dating. Yeah. And he came to me and said, hey, I had a slip up, you know? And so that was f- five years ago. Four and a half. So I think, years, I think like it's that. important to give a context as like where we were at when marriage. Yeah. And like we talked about last week, it's the funny thing is, is in, especially after struggling with porn for so long, it's not even so much the fact of looking at traditional porn anymore. That's more of the struggle. It's all the small things that can lead up to that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's just stuff out in the world or Instagram or whatever. And it's just trying to avoid that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then on top of that, like, what are you willing to sacrifice to avoid those things? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we want to dive into that, but mm-hmm. go ahead. Okay. So I think my, my question, the question that I came up with today and just wanted to address was, you know, can we have an exceptional sex or can we have exceptional sex in our marriage and just in our marriage in general after years of watching pornography? Mm. Like, and this, I mean, this is a sex topic, you know, not well, just a marriage part. Well, it's, know, it's, a, it's, it part. affects, it's yes. one of the main areas that affects in your marriage. Mm-hmm. So well, what do you think? I do. I think you can. Well, um, <laughs> I hope so. In marriage, I think sex in general takes work. You sure. can't just expect to like have this wonderful sex life when you like haven't had a like a committed partner or being in marriage, right? Mm. And so, what do you mean? Just like sex takes work. Like oh, you know, wanting getting a good thing and always takes work. Sure. Wanting, wanting to have something, whether that's fitness or sex or whatever it may be. So, I mean, as someone who has never indulged in pornography, I don't have a lot of those like flashbacks. I don't have a lot of those, um, those things to battle with. What I do struggle with the most is the past relationships and the the impact that they have on our sex life. Your own past relationships, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and the thoughts that come with them and taking them to God. You mm-hmm. know, I can't, I cannot walk through it on my own and wanting to honor you, wanting to, to have this great sex life. Like, it just, it won't happen. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever met anybody that can conquer, has conquered that like on their own. Yeah, I just have never met anybody that really, can beat that kind of thing, at least alone or um, just without help. It's just, I don't know. I, it's just something that if sometimes it feels like it takes over your soul. So mm-hmm. in a sense. Well, I guess you said that like, even though you're not looking at traditional porn mm-hmm. or that images will, you know, in, on Instagram or Facebook will, Facebook will just shoot across the screen. Maybe not straight up pornography, but like, Close yeah. enough. Well, I mean, I had to, Pinterest was one of those things where, mm. you know, you like certain things on Pinterest, right? Yeah. And you, your board yeah. gets created. What's crazy as, as a man, I mean, I remember this because I was looking at like men's fashion, like suits and I know you're looking at me kind of Was that because we were getting married or no, was this, this a was different? No, this was before. This was a different time. And, uh, you know, like archery, I don't know. It was just kind of stuff I was looking at. 
And I remember the stuff that was coming across my Pinterest board was half-naked women. Mm. I had never liked them. Mm. I had never whatever. But it's just like, for I don't know if they were, because I was a man, they just assumed that I wanted all these things across my thing. And I couldn't get rid of it. It just kept happening. I was like, well, I'm done with Pinterest then. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I mean, that's the thing with pornography is it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's on all the social medias. Um, it may not be very blatant up front in your face, but it's mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, especially on Twitter. It's really bad on Twitter. Uh, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's. I think it, I think it does affect you in a similar way to having previous relationships, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some of it, at least, because it's, you know, you have the maybe the images that flash across your mind, whatever. But the other aspect of it is you have a very unrealistic expectation, you know, especially like if let's say you're really young and maybe you haven't had any sexual, you know, let's say you maybe you haven't any sexual uh, partners, Mm -hmm. you get married, but you've been watching the porn the whole time. You have a very unrealistic expectation of what Mm. sex will be. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, in that everybody is ripped and this, that and the other and they're all greased up and, you know. They're all smoothly shaved and it's just all these things and you get into, you know, an actual relationship and it's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of touched on that last episode, but, um, so yes, I do think that you can have, you know, uh, a great sex life in your marriage after pornography, but in a similar sense, it's, it's walking through that stuff. It's very similar to, can you still have great sex after you're married after having sexual partners outside of marriage mm-hmm. you know um some people believe that that doesn't affect you i think that's crazy nonsense because it does affect you mm-hmm. um because you're still taking those experiences into a uh relationship with that person's supposed to be the only thing that you think about mm-hmm. or whatever and that's not how it works you yeah. know all those situations come back you know um i mean i've known people married 20 30 years and that still happens to them mm-hmm. so uh you know, yeah. for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, just random thoughts in your mind, you know, that's triggering, like you're about to do the similar act, whether it's, you know, you believe uh, the enemy is coming after your mind, trying to get, disrupt your marriage. It comes back. Yeah. And when you're trying to be solely devoted to that person, it doesn't help, mm-hmm. you know, because I've heard several people say that, oh, or you see it in movies, like, oh, maybe when they're not even married, they're just like, oh, I think of this when I have sex with this person. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Because you are, you're just, it just seems like you are defeating or you are tainting what sex is supposed to be, you know, between mm-hmm. two people, expression of love, all those things. Um, and in that sense, you are turning it into something that it wasn't meant to be, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I'm not saying that, you know, sex is always perfect and your mind is always, you know, 100% in the act and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think you can, but mm-hmm. definitely makes it a lot harder. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you can have, you know, a good sex life after pornography. I just think in general, it just takes work, you yeah. know, and I, to kind of work that stuff out, to maybe get healing from an addiction, Absolutely. whatever it may be. And so, um, again, in anything that you want to succeed at really well or get better at, it takes work. I think that one of the things... It's helped us at least is we're kind of going into the how, Mm 
Okay. Um, is like, can you have, you know, great sex after, you know, um, pornography? Yes. How? You have to, for us, one of the successful things that we have done is invited people into our marriage. Um, not in, <laughs> I know. Not in the bed. No, but, but like just walking life with yes, us, you know, yes. kind of like a, and it's what's weird is people think sometimes, small tangent, is that you don't need basically a tune-up or an oil change in your marriage after you get married, right? Like I've had said to several people, oh, you should do premarital counseling. But like, well, nothing's wrong with us. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You'll find out. Yeah. And it's like counseling is not yeah. just for after something is wrong necessarily mm-hmm. or um, after the fact. It can be an ongoing thing because you always want to be improving it. Mm-hmm. Um Especially because it can be one of the most amazing things in your life or one of the most horrible things in your life. Yeah. Um, and you go through three or four marriages to figure out, you know, some of that crap. Anyway, so mm-hmm. um, having a good couple that is hopefully been married longer than you, all those kinds of things that has wisdom that can pour into that. Mm-hmm. The other aspect of that is it's really helped me is being open and honest with you with mm-hmm. what I was going through. Now, it all depends on your marriage where you're at, mm-hmm. you know, your spouse's mental state with that, you know, because um, I think every woman is going to struggle with self-image. I don't know a single woman in the world mm-hmm. who doesn't struggle with self-image to a certain extent. And pornography fuels that, especially when you know that your spouse has either looked at it or mm-hmm. is looking at it. Yeah. Um, and just being open and honest and um, reaffirming each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. like... We're not models, not even close. Like we're average people, you know? I'm average? I mean like body shape, the way we look, like, you know, I, you know does that make sense? Mm. You're, I'm, I might be in trouble after that one. <laughs> yeah, you will be. That's okay. I mean, we'll yeah, talk it out. Yeah, we'll talk it out later. Yeah, it's just being, being vulnerable with each other. And that's really hard. You know, like if you mm. don't trust the person you've married or if you have damage there, you know, maybe you've walked through some of this already. Um, the big thing is you have to reach out. You have to talk to people. You have to get counsel, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's traditional counseling or just walking life with somebody that you can trust. And the big thing when choosing someone to walk life with is picking somebody's marriage that you like, that mm-hmm. you want a marriage yeah. like, right? Yeah. Whether it's faith-based or something different, you know, um, you have to pick, you know, a marriage that you want to emulate, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. Say something. I've been talking oh, a lot. I'm sorry. Um, no, I definitely would would definitely agree with like the aspect of premarital counseling before being married because we actually had a few different people that we talked to. We talked to one of our pastors. We talked to um, some we mentors. To, yeah, we talked to my yours. mentors. Hopefully, we can have them on the podcast one day. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, and then we also talked to just. Um, Someone in the church, I think one or two times. Yeah. But it is, it is so, so important because, you know, usually past, I mean, typically we want to address finances, where our past growing up, where, where, how we grew up and just our experience. And then it's just critical. It's critical, critical for marriage. So that as, as you get into marriage and you begin to deal with, um, or issues arise. Mm-hmm. how important it is to have kind of a head start on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the ways that you can have a successful sex life after marriage. If mm-hmm. you're not married yet. Yeah. And you're going to be married, find something that can give good 
premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. Not just talk about financial and some of these Mm -hmm. basic things, which is good. Yeah, yeah. They need to be talking about your experience with other people, with Mm -hmm. pornography. And, you know, because it's all, we all take baggage into our marriage. It's just a matter of how much, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And maybe there's some really big things you want to deal with before you actually get married and you're committed to that person. Mm -hmm. You know, like, because whether, you know, you think that once you're married, you're done or... Why do you want to go through a messy divorce and like all that kind of crap? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just it's amazing how we don't get mentors anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you you need marriage mentors. You really mm-hmm. do. Um, they help tremendously before, after, during, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, I think it's one of the ways that you can be successful is finding mentors yeah. and being honest with your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, um, walking through it. And, but here's the other aspect of that is when you're open and honest with your spouse, you then also have to be open and willing to deal with their emotions as well. Yeah. And sometimes you need counsel or counseling Mm -hmm. or whatever to deal with that. Um, But again, pick a counselor that can speak into both, that can speak into both, but has, they're not like, if you're, you know, if you're a Christian, I would strongly recommend going to a Christian council that has very similar to beliefs as you. Mm, yeah. Right? Like, don't go to someone that's totally has the opposite views of you because they're going to give you different advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and vice versa, right? Like, if you're not faith-based, don't go to a faith-based counselor. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense, you know, because they're going to give you advice around those things. So, but yeah, like, we, I mean, personally, we'd rather just see people have successful marriages. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a Christian or not. Um and that's one of the things I think is is uh, very powerful. How else do you think do you battle mm. through some of those things to have a good sex life? I think you touched on the conversation aspect, which is really good. Having Counseling. sex. Having sex specifically. Having sex. There's um, – so we mentioned a, a marriage uh, podcast. Yes, One Extraordinary yes, Marriage, yes, right? Yes, yes, They did a thing where they were struggling with their marriage, you know, all these things, right? I think there was pornography. There was all these things mixed in there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they did is coming out of that, you know, I don't know exactly remember when during this um, process they did this, but they did a challenge where you have sex straight for 40 days. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're like, oh, that sounds great. And then sometimes you're like, who the hell's got time for that? (laughs) (laughs) But um, we have not done that challenge yet, Mm -hmm. but um, I think they even have a little book about it. Well, they do. And that was something separate from what they do now. So they, they have, they have try and have sex like three times a week or, or at least two times a week. Yeah. And so I think that is, you're keeping sex consistent, Mm -hmm. you know, that intimacy aspect. And then um, they, this is, this is my goal. So, and I love that. I think that is really good as to mm. kind of keep um, uh, your focus or a marriage is also, I mean, it's a commit, uh, sex is a commitment, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and it yeah. not to be just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling it at all for these two weeks. And then you're missing that intimacy because it affects our. What's interesting is around the porn topic specifically mm-hmm. around sex mm-hmm. is when the trust has been mistru- you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah. broken mm-hmm. right let's say after you're married you've had you've looked at pornography when the trust is broken it's hard to come together and be intimate with each other right mm-hmm. but and I'm not saying that maybe there isn't a period where you don't and you kind of work on some things mm-hmm. but what I think is funny is I think that 
why it's also because you are most vulnerable during sex, mm-hmm. right? While it's also very scary to do that, I also think at times, and everybody's different, there's different contexts, but I mm-hmm. think it's it's almost a must to rebuild yeah. the intimacy, yep. which Absolutely. is weird because mm-hmm. in your mind you think, well, we're never going to have sex. But that just further separates you, yeah. breaks your intimacy, breaks your trust even more, which is weird mm-hmm. because we have found that in marriage, when you have sex – um, it actually helps build trust, which mm-hmm. is weird. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then obviously, which makes sense, you know, if you go through something like that, whether you're cheating or whatever, it's the trust is broken and then you don't want to have sex and then it, it just creates this whole spiral. But I think in a, in a sense, it makes it worse because, you know, so that's the thing. Again, different mm-hmm. contexts, different situations, you know, um, I'm not saying that's the one cure for everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, and we know them specifically, they're a strong proponent of having sex frequently, scheduling it, all that kind of stuff. But that's the, I, th- we, I think that these are all ways that you can have after dealing with pornography, you start to rebuild those things, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to do it with time. And that doesn't mean that whether if it's the man or woman dealing with pornography, you don't, you know, set up some things, you know, ways success. Um, and again, we'll talk about that next episode, but, mm-hmm. um, and then broach the sex topic. But uh, it's amazing how much things that sex will fix. Which is weird. Mm, yeah. You would think that, oh, you know, I'm not going to have sex. And then, well, because, okay, so you mentioned for us, this is a, a small tangent, but like mm-hmm. we start to fight yeah. when we don't have yeah. sex. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we have sex. And then, and then it releases some tension <laughs> and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on how or? Well, I don't know if this goes into our next question, but like, um, so for, you know, you touched on how when we were dating, you had looked at pornography, came to me, and I just was like, okay. Like, I mean, it's not okay, but how I, how I responded to you was more in grace than it was in, like, ch- challenge, you know? Well, it's, um, and it's a hell of a lot easier to deal with at that point when you're not married mm-hmm, than after yeah. you're married. Yeah. but my th- It's my, massive. So, yes. And then I was—but I'm thinking, like, within marriage— would it make a huge difference if I, you know, if I responded in grace and responded in like, that was so hurtful, mm. but like, I forgive you. And like that response was immediate versus like taking time where, yeah. Yeah. yes, you you say, you know what, that was very hurtful. And I, you know, I'm going to give you grace and forgiveness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I also need time to process this. Well, you do. But then actions need to be taken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. On, absolutely. On the offending party side, so to speak, mm-hmm. which unfortunately is usually the man. But um, actions need to be taken. We're not saying that, oh, you're forgiven, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can go about doing what you're doing and everything's great. That's no. Yeah. And we're, we're kind of not saying a whole lot about this specific thing because we want to talk more about this next episode mm-hmm. on how to do some successful yeah, things. Absolutely. Um, but actions need to be taken. Mm-hmm. Like when I was saying like earlier, you know, sex can tend to mend things. Actions need to be taken before that often mm-hmm. because, you know, I get it. You feel mis- like after someone cheats or whatever, like there's a process, you know, mm-hmm. to build back up to that. But um, I think ultimately sex needs to be the goal again, mm-hmm. right? To be having yeah. get to that point. Yeah. And then because it's amazing when you are hurt, right? Let's say there has been, you know, someone's been watching pornography. You're offended. You're all these things. And you continue to not have sex. It it honestly exasperates things. Yeah. At yeah. least for us, it does. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways. Yeah, yeah. No. And I was thinking too that, um, 
even structuring things like for me, you know, that my love language is quality time. Mm. And I, it does not matter. I mean, it's interesting as you get married and are in your relationship longer, longer, like I don't need these huge, like quality time. Um, sure. I, I just need quality time. And so sometimes it's just like, even do it, we're in the prevention, we should need to be in the prevention more so than we need to be in the recovery. And so like, I remember Pastor Leanne saying that, that as, I mean, this is coming as Christians, but like when we are preventing, taking steps to prevent, you know, uh, you know, sin or like whatever it may be, how that's going to affect that, that marriage. Let's just talk about that. So if we're making sure we know each other's love language and we're being intentional with each other and we, you know, put these certain boundaries up to, um, not get us in a position where we are overcome with lust or um, how loneliness. Does this, how does this have to do with pornography specifically? Because, because we, if we are consistently intentional with each other, is that to me, in my mind, that th then my, mm. I don't get lonely and think, oh, he's neglecting me. Mm. And so I need to find something else to fill that. Well, it's interesting what you're saying is, because I think you're right to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. You know, when something like that happens, we withdraw from each other, mm -hmm. right? Instead of press into each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're in a relationship, any sort of relationship, whether it's romantic, friendship, there's always a level of risk. Mm -hmm. Always. In a mm -hmm. marriage, you're going to hurt each other. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, through an argument or something like this. Um, and I'd be interested to see. And this is, again, this is with two people that really want to win at marriage. Mm -hmm. It's not that one is abusing the other one. I want to mm -hmm. make that very clear. That's yeah. not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We're talking about in a marriage where maybe someone has stumbled, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you get past that? And how do you have some success? And I think mm -hmm. that's a very interesting point in the sense of like press into each other's love languages, mm -hmm. you know, because often, you know, and this is no excuse, but when we tend to go outside of our marriage to be satisfied, mm -hmm. there's reasons or something fueling that. Yeah, right? yeah, there's something missing. Yeah, so it's like, I think what you're interesting is like, you know, press in, mm -hmm. don't withdraw. Like, yeah. deal with it, take your time, put things in place, mm -hmm. um, but then press in and really try to reconnect and rebuild that trust because when you're doing that, let's say you go on a date. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know in our own uh, situation, but I have seen in other ones where, there's a moment of breakthrough mm -hmm. where yeah, yeah. maybe God reveals something and you can talk about it in that moment or mm -hmm. you're vulnerable, vulnerable with each other and it helps break through or crack some of that hold that the enemy has on mm -hmm. you with pornography. So but it's I, a, I think my biggest, my biggest point in this though is like what steps are you taking to keep your, your marriage in a, in a good place in your sex life and in your, because when you're, when you're f like fueling or, um, like continuing to like make be intentional and be like, I know her love language is quality time. So we may not have hours upon hours to just spend together, but like, I want quality, unique quality, <laughs> quality time sure. versus like quantity. Well, this is, I mean, these, what you're saying though, is like, that's how you have a good marriage, mm -hmm. but it's also how you battle against things like, you know, letting either of your minds wander about other people thinking mm -hmm. they don't understand me. And it's also how you battle against pornography, mm -hmm. you know, or things coming after you and maybe not traditional porn, but mm -hmm. like, 
everything that's coming after your spouse. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think that's a very good point. So, yeah. okay, let's move into this next, next thing. Okay. Um, so, okay, so it's an interesting question. So how much is it in our own efforts to create an acceptable marriage, exceptional marriage, when we have a past of indulging in pornography? So you wrote the question. Mm-hmm. Tease it out some more yeah, so we can talk yeah. about it. So in that, um, in this thought that I had, this question, um, yeah, I mean, we, for, for instance, what I was thinking about was as, as man or woman, you can put these boundaries up. You can put blocks on your phone. You can not be on social media. You can, you know, try and um, whatever it may be, you know, to not look at pornography. Sure. But literally how much of that is going to make porn go away because it's not going to like maybe the temptation like maybe you're still tempted but you have these blocks up but i feel like if you if you want to look at it you're going to look at it you're gonna if you have all these blocks up if you have all these boundaries if you have an accountability partner but you're still addicted to porn Mm. and you're still um and it's never been actually dealt with in your soul or in like um and yeah, if I believe that if you never get fully healed or ever delivered or ever have the conversation of this is an addiction and the addiction itself needs to be dealt with, how how can you truly be so effective to um, get porn out of your life? Like, are are the blocks on your phone enough? Are the blocks on your computer enough? Is the accountability enough? Is whatever else it may be that you can put them in place so you do your best not to look at porn, will you ever have true freedom? Okay, so, okay, so... I don't know if that's making sense. My mind is wandering here. Okay, Okay, so are you saying what are some of our other efforts to help create an exceptional exceptional marriage? Like, Mm -hmm. it seems like this is a continuation of the previous question. Yeah, I mean, it kind yeah, it is. But I think specifically um, the question is, is the... So this is a little different, I guess. Is the addiction... If it's so, if the addiction itself is not dealt with, okay, how helpful are those blockers gonna be? Oh, sure, sure. Is okay. it, I guess ultimately the question versus. Okay, so um, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. You want my perspective? Yeah, obviously. Okay, I mean it is our podcast. <laughs> but before we get into that, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. You can head over to all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to check out Confessions of Us. While you're there, be sure to follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Also, invite more people to the journey. Share confessions of us with friends, family, and people you know. Thanks for listening. All right, let's dive into this question. Absolutely. You have to deal with any addiction, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's, you know, alcoholism, right? Just because you get rid of all the alcohol in your house, right? And you stop drinking doesn't necessarily mean you're not addicted to alcohol anymore. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is a little bit of a preview of some of the things we'll talk about next week as well, but... There is a, and this is where, whether it's traditional counseling, you're walking life with other men, Mm -hmm. as is kind of my perspective, or you are in prayer and those types of things about pornography. Mm -hmm. You, so often, I feel like we are addressing kind of the physical symptoms in a sense Mm -hmm. where, you know, we are putting up, you know, maybe we're having accountability partners, we're putting up blockers or whatever. And, um... One of the things your friend said is those things are good because they help starve the beast. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very. Who said that? 
uh, it was one of your friends that messaged us about the thing. We'll talk about more next uh, week. But, oh, yes, yes. But I think with pornography and I think with any addiction, right, there is a certain level of where you have to starve the beast, so to speak. I just love mm, that phrase. Yeah. Um, to get to that point. Right. Because when you're so wrapped up into it, especially with pornography. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that every addiction is very similar. And it's like addiction has, I think, very similar traits depending on what you're addicted to. But, you know, because when you when you indulge in porn, there is a horrible cycle of shame and condemnation and feeling like you're not good enough and you're just this horrible piece of crap and blah, blah, blah. Especially when you're married. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say you have kids and it's like, how could I do this to them? Blah, blah, blah. The big I think the the biggest thing that's helped me has been God, mm-hmm. you know, um, has been other men that have walked through this, you know, and seeing what the connections are to porn. Like, why are you looking at porn? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's the base desires of seeing naked people and all this kind of crap. But, um, and that's where I do think, since we're going to talk about, this becomes a little more broad, but mm-hmm. um, I do think, you know, since we're going to get a little spiritual here, but is there is something coming after you, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And especially with an addiction like this, where um, it's so deeply, not only affects the mind, the soul and the spirit, and it just comes after you in a way where, um, right? Like it's the only sin, so to speak, that becomes okay at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So being a drunkard is a sin, mm-hmm. Right. There's never a point where drinking a crap load of alcohol is okay, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. There is a point where having a whole lot of sex is okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a very weird dynamic because in uh, a faith-based standpoint, when you obviously get married, you can have a whole lot of sex and, and it's no a shame. positive thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where I do think pornography is a unique thing compared to these other things is mm-hmm. um, it attacks your soul in a way that's very weird. And it continues to poison the well, so to speak. Um, it's that whole, I just, I keep going back to this whole thought of, it's that whole thing where um, if the enemy can get you to n- have sex before you're married mm-hmm. and then not have sex after you're married, then he's winning or yeah. he's won, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, and that's what we talked about earlier, that sex is a, is a glue that holds mm-hmm. you together. Yeah, um, yeah. And pornography comes in and it attacks your soul in a way where, not only does it affect you so horribly, it affects, um, <clears throat> baby, we're almost done. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, we, we had to stop real fast because Juan came into the room. Okay, so um, let's see if I can pick the stop back up. Just the way that it not only, okay, so it fills you with shame, condemnation, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but then it goes into your spouse or whoever in a way that mm. is the same thing. Mm. You know, the whole... It is one of the most anti-sex things I've ever seen Mm. because when it's out in the open, when you're having sex with your spouse, that's all you think about, right? Like, oh, are they thinking about this? Do they want this? Do they want that? Right? Blah, Mm. blah, blah. And there is this lie that somehow pornography helps your sex life. And I do not see that whatsoever Mm -hmm. because when, um, you know, you're so in deep looking at porn and then you go to have sex with your spouse why mm. Why do you think about your spouse? Mm. Why would you not think about? Because the thing is with porn is it, and we talked about this last week as well, but it allows you to have so many of the emotions of having sex without any of the commitment. 
And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. And that's where you obtain an amazing sex life, an amazing marriage, Mm -hmm. is you have the commitment aspect because you're committed to working it out with that person. Mm -hmm. And in sex, when you are truly vulnerable with somebody and that trust does build and knowing that that person's not going to go anywhere, and that's why I think divorce is one of the reasons divorce is so devastating. Mm -hmm is you obtain a different level of sex that I don't think you truly obtained before you're married. But what if, this is a thought, but what if... And pornography both, destroys all of this. Okay. Pornography, both, both people, the man and the woman, are both watching pornography. It's a norm. And so those emotions that come along with it become the norm in a marriage. They become acceptable. They become um, common. So like whether it's shame, whether it's like... Um, but it masks self. It masks it masks itself in a different through a different emotion or a different. Um, What's your question? Just that, like. Sorry. Um, it's not really a question as so much just a comment mm. that. Um, if two people are well, you're in a married, lot of trouble if that's what's happening. Well, yeah, absolutely. But if you in all all of your life, if that's how it's always been, your you know your partner, your boyfriend's mm. girlfriends have always looked at porn. And then you come into a marriage and you both still look at porn. Sure. Then you're neither of you is feeling shame or, you know. Um, well, a lot of it, what it does is one of the things I think is you're not honest with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you are going to a different source to fill something within you. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's say, you know, you want to you want a certain activity during sex or you want a certain activity outside of sex, whether mm-hmm. it's spending time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um because it's not even traditional porn. I mean, we talked about romantic comedies, all of mm-hmm. these things, how it yeah. fuels this fantasy. Mm-hmm. And that is part of what's so dangerous, I think, around traditional pornography and these other things. It's like how it affects us in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is you can have a pretty amazing marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, that's one of our goals mm-hmm. in our life and the people that we surround ourselves with is to have an epic marriage, mm-hmm. not a fantasy marriage. Mm-hmm. But a marriage where people look at our marriage or and when they look at our marriage, they're like, damn, I want a marriage like that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. where. Um, so go back to. OK, so let's go back to your question. So I think that. Um, well, let me just say something. OK, go ahead. So I liked what you said that if like like I said, if both part people are looking at porn mm. when like and that becomes the normal, those emotions, those feelings. But like you said, you're not coming going to your partner saying, let's try this in our sex life. We've never sure. tried this. This may be really fun. Sure. And so I think that's a really great aspect. It breaks down. It starts separating mm. communication and how um, that vulnerability when it says, like, I want to bring this up. But what if sure. like he or she isn't OK with, you know? Yeah. Well, not to mention that you are lusting after someone who is not your spouse. And whether mm. you realize it or not in that moment, it erodes away slowly at yeah. your marriage because yeah. it doesn't stop there. It goes into the real world when you see someone that's attractive or mm-hmm. whatever, or you have a slight emotional connection with somebody mm-hmm. and all of these start start flooding into your mind. So, um, yeah, pornography is such a horrible thing. Okay. So, um, I think one of the things that's helped me mm-hmm. is the walk with God because, mm-hmm. so I was mentioning how it affects your soul in a way. And, you know, and here's the thing is I don't think traditional counseling for all the good things that it can do, I don't necessarily think it speaks to your soul the same way that God does. Because, you know, according to what we believe, he built your soul. He mm-hmm. built, you know, you. 
and he knows you better than you know yourself. And he knows obviously the whole metaphysical side of you, spiritual side of you. And pornography not only affects your physical side, it mm-hmm. affects your spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And God is the only thing that can heal your spiritual aspect. Mm-hmm. Because I think that whether you're a believer or not, you can sense that there is more to us than simply just a physical body, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's some sort of spirit, soul, this, um, that's a part of us, mm-hmm. you know? Anyways, so in pornography affects that. It's weird, mm-hmm. but it does. And God is the only thing that can heal that and go beyond that. So then my question is, what about like AA? Or I don't know what it is for, for pornography, but like. Some sort of counseling or uh, uh, like Alcoholics AA? Anonymous. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, I know that's like God-based, ba- God higher I think, power. Yeah, I think that, again, there's nothing wrong with these things. I'm mm-hmm. not saying these things yeah. don't mm-hmm. have a place, mm-hmm. but I think it comes to a point where those things are only so effective. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, maybe we can talk about this in another episode is like, is there a point, okay? Because uh, according to the world, once you're addicted to something, you're screwed forever, mm-hmm. right? Or is there a point where God can truly set you free in a way where something else can't, mm-hmm. right? And that's something yeah. we're still figuring yeah. out. Yes, absolutely. You know, and we attend a church that believes that, mm-hmm. that you can obtain true freedom from mm-hmm. not, obviously not just pornography, but from anything, mm-hmm. Um and then again, we maybe we've talked this in another episode, but yeah, I think so. Um, and that's where I think that those programs can only take you so far. And mm-hmm. I think they are invaluable to a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. And I'm not discounting any mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. But um, I, I just see in the world that we've reached a point where um, you can only get so far with those things. And they continue to tell you that you will be a slave to X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. And not just, you know, and we don't. I don't yeah, want to get into that be because big, that's big a whole topic. nother thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying like, again, I'm I, not discounting any of that because I think those are amazing programs. I just think there's something that God can do that other things can't. Simply but in, sorry, in, a, in our personal lives, we found that that is where you get true victory. And like, we've only seen it enough in people's lives, in our personal life. Yeah. That. So there you go. All right, so let's hit a moment of randomness. Let's end on a lighter note. Okay, let's do it. Babe. <laughs> okay, so. Going on. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. Oh, do it. Because I've been okay. talking too much. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a moment of randomness, a nice fun moment to end the show on. Would you rather lose your elbows or your knees? Because, okay, so now this means that you still have your legs or your arms. Mm-hmm. They just, you just, like, let's just they say. Yeah, like you're your elbow that holds your bones together, whatever there is just gone mm-hmm. or vice versa is just gone in your knees. Mm-hmm. Which one would you rather lose? I, we were talking, actually talking about this la- yesterday with some friends, but I honestly think I would be okay with losing my knees because you would be, I mean, like you, you've seen a lot of people have prosthetics. A lot of people sure. are, I mean, like just because people are in wheelchairs, some of them don't allow that to um, decrease their quality of life. They just mm. find a different way. And so Elbows to me, you use your hands for just about. Every, I mean, same with walking, but like, I just. I see what you're saying. I would rather yeah. lose my knees. People clearly have very wonderful lives living in a wheelchair or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I think is yeah. what you're getting at. You know, and it. <laughs> I was thinking about this because uh, we had someone watching the kids last night, and we asked her about it. But the, my question is, is like, okay, so my elbow doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? My shoulder still works. Right. And would my hands still work? I don't know exactly the anatomy. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. if it's that's all connected point. or that stuff is still going to be there. If you're not able to bend your arm, right, and you lose some of the dexterity in your arm, but your arm is still there, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, someone I, was, one of our friends was um, talking about it. Like if you, if your arm falls asleep and it feels like it's just limp, like Yeah, but that's the thing there. that was like, I don't know if your elbow was, your elbow, like, Elbow would completely would just disappear. Right? Yeah. It's not like an Who's accident. Like, let's just hands. disappeared out of your arm. Mm-hmm. How much would it affect your arm? That would be an interesting thought. Yeah, like, to look would at. your hands still work or does it affect all the dexterity in your arm? Like, obviously, it helps bend your arm, mm-hmm. right? But so does your shoulder, you know? So mm-hmm. I think I would rather lose my elbows. I think. But if, if, if your hand and your shoulder still work, your your shoulder would still work. Yes. But if your hand still worked, you'd rather. Because, I mean, you could flop your arm up there. <laughs> you grab yourself a, a Coke or something. You're just like, huh. I don't know. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I, I would feel like, but I think just as you can get prosthetics for your legs, you can get prosthetics for your arms. But you it know. seems more practical to get prosthetic for it your It is, legs. because I don't think they're nearly as sensitive as your hands. Yeah. You know, because they've been trying to replicate hands and all this thing in robotics and i don't i think they've only come so far i mean mm-hmm. i think they've made strides yeah. but like there's a something to the touch and mm-hmm. and all of that because the thing is you lose your elbow doesn't mean you lose your touch and all that stuff you might, you might i don't know but i don't i don't know I, I would assume not i don't know yeah, the question isn't would you yeah we're not yeah. medical experts clearly <laughs> <laughs> so i think i'd rather lose my elbows okay because i like being able to walk around and move so, and so if we were we both had missing parts. You'd rather have your elbows and I'd rather have my knees. So hey that makes We'd it be a good pair. We'd be a good pair. Yeah, because I could get you things exactly, and you could exactly. push me around. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling if I was missing elbows, though, I would always whack you with my arms just because I could. <laughs> so funny. But essentially, your legs would still work to a certain degree, right? Or they would just kind of hang there, right? If you think about it, mm-hmm. like it's like in a bent position, your leg would just kind of flop around. And I would think you wouldn't be able to put any weight on it. So it's like, it's almost like your leg. Is asleep. I would think so in yeah, a certain sense. Yeah. Where your arms may be slightly different. But Anyways, if you can wear your, yeah. That's the show. That, yep. It got a little spicy there at the end. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, this is John. This is Lindsay. And this is Confessions of Us. Peace. Bye. If you'd like to support Confessions of Us, you can head over to confessionsofus.locals.com. And there you can make any sort of donation you would like to the show. Also, Head over to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and check us out at Confessions of Us Podcast. If you would like to send us any questions, you can DM us on Facebook or Instagram or email us at confessionsofuspodcast at gmail.com.